Blog Talk Radio. Back on live. Y'all know the vibes. PSA Hip Hop, man. Even though there's no vibes, me and Watson love to give y'all the vibes, man. Watch, what's good, my G? What's good? What's good, brother? How are you? You know the vibes, man. What's popping, my guy? Let's get right into this, Watson, man. Um, One of your favorite rappers that you love very much is certain rappers that you hold to a high regard. You know what I mean? Certain rappers that we both hold to high regards, first of all. A lot of people might not, you know. You know what's funny, Watson? Not to go on a tangent right quick. You know, obviously today's the 25th anniversary of Mob Deep's The Infamous album, right? Now, here's a joke, Watts. I see people on social media saying, oh, I ain't played this album in a long time. And I'm thinking to myself, me and Son, we still play them <laughs> Like, is it me? Like, am I bugging saying that? Like, y'all needed the anniversary to still rock out the Mob Deep? Well, it's the 25th anniversary. So if you're like 30 years old, I'm not sure this album means anything to you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. Right, right, right. Let's get into this, man. But, oh, man. Go ahead. No, what I'm saying, but it, it means clearly, it means a lot to a lot of people based on what I've been seeing on social media. Okay. And if you guys haven't taken a chance to please go on PSA Hip Hop and you can listen to the flashback revisit, revisiting the Mob Deep album, that infamous album, that the 25th album, second album from Mob Deep. Me and Watson did this a year ago. But Let's stay focused. Let's talk about Ransom. Now, before we get into Director's Cut Part 2, we did recap Part 1. So, how do you feel about Rand giving us two projects so far, my G? I like it. Uh, I think he was overwhelmed by the reception that the first one, the first EP he dropped, and right. he saw that there was still a, a, a market of people who wanted to hear real spitting, real rap. So I think he, so many people was flooding him like, yo, this is fire. We need more. We wish it was more. Right. That him mm-hmm. and his producer went back in the lab and cooked up, cooked up another batch of heat. And they Mr. gave him Nicholas a part too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's get right into this, man. Direct this cut part two. Watch in the first song, Inception. Talk to me, man. Fire, man. He comes out the gate. You know, gives us two the beat two beat switches, which is fire, highlighting mm-hmm. production. Um, I like Nicholas Craven's production. I okay. I like the soulfulness to it. Yes. And I just like the the, the uh, it's this is not a word, but the musicality of it. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. crazy. Right, 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 right. But I just like when you have an M C who's dead nice, it works. You know what I'm saying? So, if, you know, Grant checks it off, man. Like I'm, I, he says he want to be with Pun and and, and Big J. Yeah. And I, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. And, and, but it's yeah. the flow, it's the delivery, it's the effortlessness on how he delivers it that just that stands out. So of course he comes out the gate with a just a haymaker as far as I'm concerned. Stay out these con ways. I'm trying to be rated greater beyond yay. Beyond Pun, Beyond Nas, Biggie, Jay-Z, and Andre. Yeah, man. Randy drafted, man. They wanted some sales. 
but never can celebrate us. They want the state pen, but never can penetrate us. You could throw a pause there for the young bucks if you want to, but I understand what he's saying, man. Um, I would say, though, Wise, I don't know how you feel. You, you spoke about it a second ago, how the two different beats. I like the I'm not. I like the first beat more than the second beat a tad bit more. How about you? You didn't matter to you at all. Uh, I like the first beat better, but right. I like that he started rapping again when they switched the beat. Because he, he, it, it wasn't it wasn't a lot of bars he spit. It was just that, you know, Craven. Guess I guess Craven had some had mad beats on deck and was right, like, right. Yo, <laughs> man, you got to use this right. one too. So I'm gonna switch like, this up right, right quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna add this beat yeah. in here and everything. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Um. Next song, my G, Inglorious Bastards featuring Ito. Upstate New York was popping. Yeah. So uh, we got young Ito from Upstate. You know what I'm saying? Wait, not to be not I to be confused with young Vito, voice of the young people. Not to get confused with that, right? Uh, people do not know what you're talking about when you say that. <laughs> so that's an inside joke when you say young people, voice of the young people. You know what I'm saying? Unless they know about the song, think it's a game, till them things come out. Hey. But if they don't know what... Hey. They, they still might not know what you're talking about. But, um, My favorite rapper. Y'all should uh, know what I'm talking about right he, now. He, he got Young Edo on there, Hungry Young Spitter. Young Edo mm-hmm. made my honorable mention last year when he came out with that fire collaboration project with DJ Muggs, another mm-hmm. underrated classic producer. Um, that ran went into his upstate bag on the collaborations. I wasn't mad at that at all. Um, first of all, I like the beat, dope beat. Yes. Ran out the gate, just bodying it, and I thought Edo spit a, a nice hungry verse. Mm. All right. Um, Rand was talking about his niece getting grazed. Um, y'all cats wear purses to try to bleach braids. I'm not gonna lie, watch what he said. Y'all cats wear purses and try to bleach braids. The first person I spoke to was our young boy from Brooklyn, Mr. Sosa Geek, man. That's the first person I thought about was my young boy Sosa, man. Um you know, had a nice verse too though, man. You don't have a very dope verse, man. Um bet they won't find a body. Until it decays, you, you won't respect life until it replays. Anyone in the crowd can find one of these trays to see DJs open acts in R&B stage. Like, I like this a lot. And I also like, at the end of the song, Rand had like somebody talking at the end. If memory serves me right, Rand, if you hear this, man, for me and Watson, you remember that show, the Death Poetry, Death Jam Poetry? Obviously, you remember that show. It was back in the day when we were coming up. I think one of those brothers might have spit this off the Def Jam poetry thing, though, man. But listen, I got ran two for two, man. Talk to me so far. Agreed. No, it's not, it's not even a debate for me. It's two for two. All right. Next song, watch Hellraiser featuring Ito. Ito again. Back to back with Ito. So this, so this is this is deceptive featuring Ito because Ito doesn't have bars. He's on the hook. Yes. Ran is the one rapping because I was like, man, you mm. you Edo's getting a lot of <laughs> burn on this album. But you get, <laughs> hey. but when you but when you listen to it, it's just Edo mm. on the hook. So you can imagine they was probably vibing in the studio, and then they just just caught a vibe together. And he, you know, Edo blessed him with a hook, and Ran effortlessly got busy. 
Um, once again, uh, dope production. And yeah, man, Hellraiser. Um, very soulful beat from Mr. Nicholas Craven. Um, ran with you got you not killers, you petty dealers and shoplifters. Hardest thing in this world to me is something you not nigga. Like watching just talk, spoke about Edo on the hook. Um, yeah, man, my father said I was a Hellraiser. Mellow from the corner, true trailblazer. Okay, basketball ball, something you got to deal with. Dope song, man. Talk to me, Watts. Beautiful Mind. Yes, sir. I can't wait to talk about this song. Talk to me, man. A Beautiful Mind. This is my favorite song of the album. It is by far a five mic. This is Duffelbag Ran, Rand Wolfstein, the ransom that I have always known. This is the ransom that I've been listening to for the last 15 years. Like, there's no other way for me to put it. This is how he raps. When I hear Ransom rap, a beautiful mind, like if it's 2020 and people are like, yo, give me somebody who's nice this year in 2020, I will say, listen to Ransom, a beautiful mind, listen to Ransom, Pulp Fiction from Director's Cut, part one, and you're just not going to find better rapping, period, from anybody. You maybe find people who can rap as good, but you can't find better rapping, and A Beautiful Mind is a perfect blend of great production and five-mic lyrics. Well, I co-sign everything my brother just said. Um, it's my favorite song on the project also. Um, Rand said, stick to your plans. When niggas come to disrupt, some niggas smile on your face while they put a gun to your gut. No need for your commentary. Where was niggas at when I needed my commissary? And a lot of coronavirus, CV, uh, COVID-19 bars through this project, man. Um, corona's got my eyes low, lower than Chinese. Um, mm. man, I still matched up. These niggas, 5Gs and all that talk Rand did, man. Yo, fam, I totally agree with you, man. This is a very dope song. Like, I got to be real. This is my favorite song on the project. Um, definitely a song that I think you and I are going to talk about a lot as the ending of 2020 happens down the road, this is a song and a project that we're going to obviously uh, revisit, man. So, yeah, man, I totally agree with and, Watson. This is a five-mic song. And we know that these are recently written lyrics. Like, yes. we know this is yes. really happening right now. Like, mm -hmm. like he wrote this in March. That's how real it right. is. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and that's respect, meaning we know that he's dead nice Literally, mm -hmm. right now is me and you speaking. He's like writing like this right now. So I right really now, yep. appreciate that. All right. Next song, watch Meet Joe Black. Talk to me, brother. Meet Joe Black. Meet Joe Black. Now, this is a song that is from My a movie that song. Brad Pitt was in. Mm -hmm. And um, I was listening to it, and I was trying to figure out how would I describe this song when we talked about it. So I said, can we call this a concept song? And the reason why I say that is because the concept is Joe Black is death. And he's ran, is rapping from the perspective of death, how you think you're going to beat death, but you're not going to beat it. You know what I'm saying? And I thought that was dope, and I thought it was creative. This is another fire song to me because he, he's, he's thinking outside the box on, how, on the delivery. 
Um, I think this is this is my second favorite joint on this project. Watch, um, listen, I'm riding with the Reaper. Told him the pleasure is all mine. Then I was dying just to meet you. No handshakes in the stair, colder than the freezer. Had to chill knowing that death could be over in a breather. That's some old coronavirus bars that you got to deal with, man. Um, fire song, man. Two minutes and 30 seconds. Two minutes and 37 seconds of Rand just rapping. No hook, man. Um, next song, watch. There'll be Blood featuring our homegirl, little sis, man. Shay Norm, man. Shay Butter. Okay, so the one thing about this album is every song is the name of a famous movie. Mm-hmm. There Will Be Blood is one of my favorite movies. It came out in 2007. Okay. Danny Day-Lewis got the uh, – he won the Academy Award for Best Actor in this mm-hmm. movie. So when I was looking at the titles, I was like, damn, Inglorious Bastard, that's with Brad Pitt, right. A Beautiful mm-hmm. Mind with Russell Crowe, you know, Meet Joe Black, Brad Pitt. So, you know, they did creativity and that they named the album after famous movies. Um, mm-hmm. There Will Be Blood. Hardcore, raw, and I'm gonna tell you like this: um, he bodied. Uh, no, I Rand got was getting busy, but I really love the Like I'm used to Rand getting got crazy. busy, so I had forgotten Shay Noah was on it because I'm just listening to it, and then just hearing her voice and hearing her aggression and how she attacked it. It just reminded me when Ransom used to rap with 3D Nazi or when Ransom wow. used to rap with Onika. Okay. AKA, I like that bag you're going to. AKA, I like that bag. A.K.A. Nicki Minaj back in 2007, before Nicki Minaj was with Young Money, before she was with Gucci right. Man, before she blew up, when she was doing her stuff with Fendi on the Come Up DVDs. Mm. But Ransom right. always rapped with dope up-and-coming MCs and females, and I just really like the way Shay Noor attacked this beat. Like, this sounded so... I liked it. This was just a raw hip-hop joint. Word. I totally agree with everything you said. Um, I like Rand's verse a lot, but I thought Shay Noor was the MVP. That's why it's the MVP of this joint right here, man. Um, if you eat at home, then... You have to eat at school. That's what my mama used to put Vasily on my face before school kind of talk. Like, I really like how Shay was rapping on here, man. Very dope song, man. Very dope song. All right, Watts, how much mics you giving it, brother? Uh, 4.5 mics easy. Tonight it's a no-brainer. <clears throat> I don't skip okay. nothing. I just listen to it. Okay. And uh, I had said on Twitter I combined uh, Director's Cut 1 with 2 because they basically came out around the same time, a month apart. All right. And it's 10 songs. It's 10 songs. And the thing I said about it was, out of these 10 songs, none of them are one time for your mind. And I started laughing. Because <laughs> there's no one time for your mind on here. So uh, a clear 4.5 mics. He is now, uh, now a front runner along with Graf for my favorite project of 2020. Okay. I have it as a four mic album. I really, really like this album a lot. Um, interesting is something you said. Uh, at the end of the year, are we going to give this project the Black Thought? Um, we in 2018, both of us put Black Thought. He had two albums that year, and we combined them together. Uh, at, in December of 2020, I wonder if we're going to be doing the same thing when we talk about Rand at the end of the year, man. Very dope project. 
for my man Ransom, man. Shout out to my guy Ransom right quick, man. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about right quick, man. All right, brother, I need your take, man. Um, I spoke a little bit about it here on the show when it happened, but I need your take on this because you're a hip-hop dude. This is your guy also, not just mine. Both of us love this dude. Um, I think we, between the both of us, we've done a great job on supporting this brother's project. I think both of us were happy for this brother. When he linked up with 30 Day Special, we're happy with the moves you were making. We'll give a little clue. Nokia, this, that, and the third. You, you were very big on Nokia last year. Oh, uh, man, R.I.P. Cordo once again, man. Watch, talk to me, man. Really, really heartbreaking news to hear that Fred DeGosson passed. Uh, I really, really felt and believed that he was finally getting his flowers. I believe there's a – people were starting to really look at the lyricist in hip-hop, where the person who was dead nice was really starting to get his acknowledgement. And I thought when Fred the Godson and Joel Ortiz came out with Gorilla Glue last year, that it just, it was shocking me personally of how dope I thought the project was. Um, I never stopped playing it on our year end um, album review. I had it as my top three album of yes. Yes, all of last year because I, mm-hmm. because I found literally nothing wrong with the project. I thought Fred DeGosson was using double entranges, double meanings, slow it down. I thought him and uh, Joel Ortiz had a great chemistry. And I think yes. he makers are legendary producers. So I was very happy to see Fred get his love. And then when he started connecting with Spesh, I was like super happy. Yes. I was yes. like, oh my goodness. Like Spesh was like my favorite MC of last year. Right. You know, he, be, he, he was my number one album of the year. So I really liked the flowers that I felt Fred was getting. He also put out that, that album. He mm-hmm. also put out an album that I really enjoyed. I put it in honorable mention, and I mm-hmm. played it a lot because I just thought the dude was lyrically giving me everything that I loved about hip-hop. Double, triple meanings, punchlines, right. heavy, like sick punchlines. Mm-hmm. Wait, hold on. Stay, stay right there for and, a second. I'm going to cut you off. Stay right there for a second. A lot of times, people give love to Lloyd Banks as the PLK. Am I wrong for saying Fred DeGosson was part of that PLK, PLK camp also? It's, it's no question. And, and, and like, in the modern sense of, like, right now, right. Fred DeGosson was clearly the punchline king. But I, I take it more than punchline because he had double, triple meanings to, like, yes. everything he said. And what's, so, and what's so crazy is when everybody started putting up clips of him and you're mm-hmm. listening to them, you're like, wow, this man mm-hmm. was a gift to us that yes. maybe did not get the flowers that he deserved. But a lot of rappers had collabs with him. They had pictures with him. So it seemed like the hip-hop community understood the people yes. he dealt with knew how dope he was. You know what I'm saying? So I just, you know, he he got two young kids, man. This was just, you know, this whole pandemic stuff is a, is just messing the world well, up, man. And, and Fred was well, a casualty you, of it, and it's heartbreaking. You and I both know, because we pay attention to everything that goes right, Bob, right? So you and I both know Fred had health issues, right? So it's almost like Prodigy. We also know Prodigy had health issues when he was here, um, sickle cell anemia. And stuff. Did you, were you like me? I don't know if you were at the time, but I was thinking, watch, when I saw him in the hospital and respiratory and everything, I was very concerned, bro. 
because I already knew about his health conditions already. I was the same too. way, or and 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 what was sad was I felt like every day I went on Instagram, it was just an update because everybody was asking, everybody wanted to know, you know, um, yeah. the mother of his children. She mm-hmm. she she made a post like she's trying to contact everybody to tell them, look, we we fighting, we're gonna pull through. There was a lot of hope. There was a lot of optimism. So because of a lot of the hope and optimism and and the positive vibes everyone was sending, you were, you mm-hmm. were just hoping you could wish him to to pull through because you know you see you know you see a lot of people saying, oh, I had corona and I got over it, and you can see and all these other people saying yeah. they had it. Um, West Side Gun, you know, just did an interview yes. on 97 where he was Good like, well, I thought point. I was going to die. Good you know, point. he was like, I, I, like I thought I was going to die, and, and I got over it. You know, no, stay right there. Uh, the do you think it hits West Side Gun West also? Do you think it hits West Side Gun also, Watch to the point you just made? Because he just went through this situation, and then to find out Frederick Garson passed away, when you beat that, when you beat it, and, and when he appears, doesn't beat it, does it hit home? Hit at home more? Because you told me yourself, it, it, it you work at a hospital. You, right, prime example, you told me you work at a hospital, right? And one of your one of your fellow employees passed away, but none of y'all could say goodbye to that individual. How did you feel? You know what I'm saying? No, no. So no. So I understand. I'm just saying that um, this I think hip hop was hurt. Um, I had tweeted out, man. This is a effed up day for hip hop, man. I'm really yes. sad. That's all mm-hmm. I said because I didn't. I didn't. I I had heard it like real early, but I just didn't want to put it out there yet. And um, you know, seeing that West Side Gun had it and he got mm-hmm. over it, and how you know this is this is some life altering, life changing stuff we go yeah, through, yeah. and it's it's something we're never going to forget because it took Fred from us. Like this is this is this is a pivotal moment of everybody's life. Like we're gonna know. Why he's not here, and you know mm-hmm. this was a guy who who had a lot to contribute to hip hop, man. I mean, this dude was a punchline lyrical machine, yes. man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, for real, man. And that's why I say I know Westside Gun. <clears throat> for him to beat that, it had to hit home because, like, damn, Fred passed away. Um, also, we got Scarface. Then our thoughts also to watch. He's going through dialysis right now. Ice T just tweeted the other day that, you know, he has kidney failures and stuff. He's going to dialysis, man. So Scarface, you also, in our, in our thoughts also, man, this is a crazy time. You know, me and Watson are both nine to five dudes. My brother here, y'all seen the other day when he hit me on Instagram, Watson's still outside. He has to, you know what I mean? I'm inside. So, you know what I'm saying? I just want everybody to just be careful. And, you know, we went from Loaded Lux, I love you, my dude, but I hope you've seen also What's going on with your friend Fred the Godson? Because y'all came up together, so I know a brother like you. People got at you a little bit, Lux, because they were like, they felt you were being, what's the word I'm looking for? Why it's being foolish, maybe? Can I use that word? Or not cautious dismissive, enough? Dismissive, dismissive okay. of of something that's very real. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. conspiracy theory something that's real. It dominates mm-hmm. our news, especially being that we live in New York City. New York State, which has the most cases, the most deaths, Jesus, can't man. dismiss something that's right. very real. So, you know, you got to be very mindful of how you talk about something. Yeah, man. I totally agree with that, man. 
Um, also, what I want, um, Benny and his crew also dropped a project. I did not do the knowledge to that yet. Um, I got to be real out here, and the reason I didn't know, I don't know if I'm a fan of dudes that have their crew members, dudes that's from their city, and their crews that I just rock with off the jump, if I didn't hear them already. Now, I was fortunate to go to the junior era when 50 had Banks and Yayo. He flooded them so much that we were forced to hear them. Um, I don't think I've done my fair due diligence, even though I am up on Ricky Hyde. But the other crew members, I'm not too big on. Um, it's almost a thing because dudes are cool with guys on the block and they came up together in the same city that they not force them to go in the lab, but, yo, you want to make a living, right? Is the conversation like this. Okay, you want to make a living? Well, you better get in a lab and do what I do and try to learn how to rap. What do you feel about that? About well, guys bringing in their crew members or guys from the block to the I to think, the I think people always do that. I think that has been a part of hip-hop since hip-hop mm-hmm. became popular. I remember Biggie did it with Junior Mafia. He took, literally, he took everybody off the block and just made a hip-hop <laughs> album with them. The but next the thing year, with Big, though, he was writing, though, for them. <laughs> no, 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 I understand that, but my point is the mentality mm-hmm. of putting your peoples on right. from, from from your spot is always happening. I remember right. when um mm-hmm. when Nori was rapping with these dudes, Maze and Mussolini. Mussolini, oh, God. Jesus. With, yeah. uh, with Penalty Records. So to me, this is this is part of the norm in hip hop. I think this is what guys always do in hip hop. Mob deep, infamous mob, Titanity in them. Um, yeah, LOD, Keith Murray, LOD. Uh, big. Um, but now let me just say this: I'm a big. I I am a big fan of Infamous Mob. I bought their <laughs> first album that was on Land Speed. I thought right. Alchemist gave them some of his best beats. So like, I played that album. For real. Like, I played that album for it. That album came out in 2001. I remember that infamous Mob album is something that is very special to me. Like, I played that album a lot, and that's some of the best Alchemist production you're going to hear. If Alchemist battled somebody, it'd be, I, would, I would be shocked if he played something off of that infamous Mob album. He's, not, he he's not going in that bag. He he's not going in that bag. He's not going in that bag. Listen, listen. He got some banging beats on there. He got some That's a fact. on that album. That's a fact. Dog, I think a lot of producers got ill beats, but they're not going to let them off, though. You know what I mean? Like, when I was listening to no, Joel no, Ortiz no, sing Bilal, and Primo did that beat, I'm like, damn, Primo could have dropped a lot of beats on a RZA that is under the tuck. You get what I'm saying? So. Uh, I, the more you think about it, the more you're going to realize Primo played to a non-hip-hop fan base with what he did. I'm sorry. That's the only thing I can think of. Look, I've seen Aguilera trying to put you off. Nah, man. Uh, when you go Biggie, JJ, Nas nine times, that means you're going to nostalgia and you're going to right. what people are going to be like. Nas is considered, Nas and Jay considered the greatest rappers who've ever lived. So you just go to mm-hmm. their songs, and people are going to automatically hear their voice and be like, ah, oh, there you go. But for me and you, if you were mm-hmm. the man, you could have went to some of your your Gangstar songs. Of course. Which were better beats. You, like the best yeah, Primo, I got to be honest, man. Primo, well, some of them Google drinks. Some of them Google drinks that Primo picked, man. I got to be real. They were my 
they were my favorites. Besides Dwick. Dwick might be the and only that song he played that really popular song. That was right. your commercial radio play song. That wasn't yeah. even like, you know, you know my speeds. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Right. I gotta be real though. Um was not a fan of Ghostface Killers Theodore Unit Watson. Were you rocking with the Theodore Unit? No, but see, so you, you Ghostface <laughs> had Theodore Unit. Raekwon had the American, American Dream Team. Dream. No, see, yeah. So people, so people, oh, people man. always, always, always have yeah. a clue. But I'm gonna be real with you. Um, a couple of my boys hit me with the link of the video, man, and they were hype. Like they was loving it because they shot a video, and they were like, well, "Yeah, Benny put so his team on, and they about okay. to eat." Yeah, he, you know they have a okay. video, and he's like, "Yo, Benny putting his team on. They about to eat good." Benny signed that deal with E1 Records. So mm. from what I'm seeing, the culture of people who like Benny and Griselda, they really like what he's doing with his movement. Should RJ Payne have been there? This is not real hip hop talk. I don't know. This is not real hip hop talk. We 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 discussed this already. Um, this is not the path. But, but now, but hold on. It's a little different. We discussed it before, but now it's different now because we're seeing Benny now putting his team and his stamp on his crew. You get what I'm saying? If Payne was still with well, them, well, he probably would have been. You know what I mean? Well, well. Here's the thing. Uh, Payne is coming out with his own crew. Uh, speaking of Payne, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Payne. With his crew, when you interviewed him, you talked about his boys. Mm. And he also said, I'm going to bring two Harlem legends onto my crew. I did not know who he meant. So I was telling everybody, who is he talking about? Is he talking about uh, Big uh, Herb McGruff? And who else did I name? I said somebody else. But Herb McGruff was one of them. And then come to find out, it was Herb McGruff. And yeah, yeah. And and it's, it's Herb McGruff and Stan Spitt. So clearly, <laughs> um, clearly, uh, RJ Payne uh, is bringing his own version of Spitted. Payne, all I'm gonna say to this, my G, respectfully, brother, respectfully, I can understand the McGruff thing, I really can. But when Cam Body stands Spit, how do you dig him up from the grave? A body, he's like Midwest monster me. Like after that tech nine loss, it's like no Miles. <laughs> You know, when he had nothing, you got to say. So, I don't know. Man. Yeah, but Mouth came back with the two-on-twos. Don't sleep, Mouth. Mouth on, came man. back we're strong. Not we're, not we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Mouth Ma- 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 still had a career. I've, I've never <laughs> we're not heard. Doing that. Come on, son. After Big L's album, The Big Picture, Stan right. it was like on two songs. Like he has a he has a connecting with Big L. Yes. And then he got into the... With, with, with Miss Jones. Miss Jones. Yeah. The B-Rock train. Then he got into his verbal warfare with Cam. Oh. And as far as I was concerned, when Cam hit him with the dear Cam, that was I, that was it. I thought he was in the grave to never be heard from again. Which so was, I, right? when I heard that Payne was bringing back Stan Spit, the first thing I thought about was dear Stan. We can't. Yeah, man. Like, and that's messed up. That I'm thinking of that instead of thinking about Stan Spitz being on Big L's album, and, The Big Picture. And here's yeah. here this now. When people talk about Cam, right, they'll go to the Curtis joint by 50. They'll talk about Nas. They'll talk about You Gotta Love It with Max B. But they forget about the Stan joint. About Cam, yeah, that's Stan Spitz. And he got that Stan Spitz first. 
before those before those other guys. You know what I mean? So it's like, but, but, you know. But I will say this: um, R.J. Payne clearly got his spitters with him, and I guess mm-hmm. we're going to be lucky enough to get the best of both worlds. R.J. Payne's putting out his music. Benny's putting right. out his music, and we get to enjoy both of them. So that's the way I have to look at it. Because you know, I already told you that I wanted to see the the more Benny R.J. Payne stuff together, and that is that's know, not going to happen. Where's my son, where's my where's my guy El Camino at? I thought El Camino should got a little bit more burn. If you're gonna bring in I those, you know what I mean, other dudes. I, I think. Well, so speaking of El Camino, um, on Planet Asia's album, this is what's crazy. One of my favorite mm-hmm. songs on Planet Asia's album is a song with El Camino, Fred mm-hmm. the Godson, and Planet oh, Asia. Yeah. It is a, first of all, it, it might be the best produced song on the album, and it is a fire song. They are getting busy. It's one of my favorite songs of 2020, actually. Mm-hmm. So I've been here in El Camino. You know, El Camino, been, been, he's been I doing like his El thing, Camino. you know. He's, he's hey, been doing his thing. Ricky Hyde. Ricky, I don't disrespect brother, but I like I like El Camino just a tad bit more. No, no shade. I, I keep it real. I like El Camino a little bit more. That's just me though. You know what I mean? I ain't gonna hold you though. You know. Um, well, like you said, me, I have to do my 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 homework and my due diligence on on Hyde because mm-hmm. I just I can say I'm just not knowledgeable enough on his music to really give a strong opinion on him. I just don't. I haven't heard enough. So when I do right. when I do a deep dive into to his stuff, I'll have better understanding. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of talk this week about a French Montana Kendrick Lamar battle or, or, or hit, so to speak, man. What was your take on the almost? I know it wasn't going to happen, though, but Kendrick doesn't come outside like that. But French Montana and K I really enjoyed French Montana uh, standing up for himself because there was a period in New York where French Montana was the one who had the most hits. It's why Votto said, it's why Votto left Cam, joined DJ Khaled, and when people were interviewing, asking him, why are you joining um, DJ uh, Khaled? Why do you want that move? He was like, look, man, mm-hmm. you know, I'm from New York, but the person who's making all right. the hits out of New York right now is French Montana. Uh, I remember when Uncle Murder came out with a mixtape, um, French Montana was all over it. This was like in 2013. French mm-hmm. Montana was on like four songs. There was a period in New York City where French Montana put out the most hits. I'm talking about hit songs, even though they were collaborations. Every song was a collaboration. Because someone on Twitter said something funny. It was like, name one song on French Montana that's a hit that doesn't have a guess. Guess a that, I, I, and every time was like, I let's be real <laughs> on that Mac and Cheese yeah. series with him and Max B. I, you know, I thought he needed Max B hard body. The, to make it sound, to make it sound, you know, to make it do what it do, you know. But the reality is, French Montana does have hits. That's all I know. Yes, he does. Of course, and he does. He does. He does. He, now, who's he, I like more? Has, I mean, I'm a Kendrick guy. About, I'm a Kendrick guy more than French Montana. You know. If we're gonna talk so, about who speak from a New York City radio play perspective, French right. Montana's music was played more when he had his hits. Of course, out. he had he had the commercial radio songs. So, yeah. like when, so that's why he was like, why are people saying I can't put hits? Because we all know Kendrick Lamar is a better rapper than him, right? And we all know mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar is held in a high standard. But mm-hmm. this is just about hits. It's not about who you hold in high esteem. So mm-hmm. 
I just found it funny that that was uh, that that was that that was a debate going back and forth. They were trying to get Kendrick out of here. Some people, I mean French out of here. Some people, I mean no, no Kendrick. Pardon me. No. That's not Kendrick. I mean French a lot. They were trying to get French out of here. Like people were like French, you bugging. I saw a lot of comments on it. I'm, I'm more of a I lean way more to Kendrick than French Montana by far. Also, but I, I am I do know French was doing joints Uncle Murder back in the day when it was on Cocaine City and all this other stuff. You know what I mean? So was very much in tune with that. Um, a lot of talk also was about our list, Watson. <laughs> a lot of people were a little tight about some of the people that we had. I had one brother get on my neck saying, I had UGK too low, Scarface too low, da 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 da. What was your take on some of the backlash that we might have gotten from our list? Even though it was it was our opinion, but, because um, it was expected because. Uh, uh, my list was a product of my environment in the 90s. I had to be, I, that's just the reality of it. My my list represented, you know, my environment where I lived. I lived mm-hmm. in New York City and was heavy, heavy into New York City underground hip-hop and just regular hip-hop from the, you know, from uh, the tri-state, you would say, because, you know, I did have Ready mm-hmm. and number one. But, um... <laughs> So I understand that. Like, if anybody has a problem with UGK, Scarface, and Bone Thugs and Harmony, you have every right. Now, if you are from the South, anywhere in the South, and you have Scarface, UGK, and Outkast as one, two, and three, I would, I wouldn't argue with you, because I can't. I know how big they were. I was just, right. this was, this was our list based on how we were listening to hip hop. We the nineties had so much variety of hip hop, it had so many people. I was upset at myself because I missed out on people that meant so much to me. Ross Cox meant a lot mm. to me in the nineties. I forgot to mention them. Mm. Cypress Hill meant a lot Cypress to Hill. me. I forgot to mention them. Like there was a there was several groups that came in the nineties that I forgot mm. to mention. You know what I'm saying? So it happens. Mm. But I, I still Absolutely, will stand by my list any time of the day. Uh, exactly. Put your skirt down, y'all. Get mad. Oh, you got Tupac. Come on, man. Put your skirt down, man. The list, man. So we got to keep it funky to how we look at stuff, right? We can't be fake. If I like, if I had put Bone at number one, and I can't put, I can't. That's not. I can't do that. I rock with Bone, but I gotta be Mob Deep. Meant the world to me in the '90s. Red Man meant the world to watch it in the '90s. I'm not trying to front on nobody. And I think we said numerous times. When you start going through one through five, or maybe one through nine, or maybe you could say ten, you can shuffle your one through ten and just shuffle that around. You know what I mean? So, you know. Um, also, watch. There was a lot of talk. I I got kind of heated, man. Listen, man. I understand what Little Wayne meant to the mixtape game. I understand the trout series, the dedications, and all that. Watch. But I had a little dude know on social media yesterday that I do not. And let me be clear, this is not hating. And this New York bias dude's coming at me with, listen, I think me and Watson shit on more New York rappers than any other region that we talk about. But let's leave the hand over there. But let me slow that down again. We shit on New York rappers more than any other region. Very uncomfortable saying that Lil Wayne is a, is a mixtape god over 50 Cent. And let me say this also, why? 
I watched Rory and Maul have a little face-off. Let me say I watched both you niggas by my, by, my, by my lonely, by myself on both you niggas. Let me tell y'all niggas right there. Maul, I love you, my G, but the fab songs you were picking, my God. I mean, that's neither here nor there. The songs that Rory was playing for uh, Mixtape, Lil Wayne, I remember half them joints. But I still have mad songs for 50 Cent in the Mixtape game that would, would, that would dominate those songs, Watson. I ain't gonna say wash. I'll be respectful, but would dominate them songs. You say what? You know, I guess people really would have to, would would have had to live in New York City in two thousand one, two thousand two, and two thousand three, and just travel the five boroughs. Uh, New York City is different than other cities. Like we have blocks you can walk. During this era, a lot of Africans would literally have mixtapes on corners. So imagine you're on a corner of a street, and on the floor, there's a guy, and he has all these CDs that are on the floor, and you could pick. I'm telling you no lie for a period. Everywhere you went, it was nothing but 50. Now, I'm talking about every borough I go to. If I'm going to Jamaica, Queens, the whole Jamaica Ave, every mixtape spot you go, like like mixtapes were so prevalent in New York in the early 2000s, Everywhere you want, everywhere you went, you had to get a mixtape. You come out the train, it's a mixtape. You get off, you get ready to go to work, corner, mixtape. It was nothing but 50 G-Unit everywhere. Like, Wayne didn't even exist. Like, he's out, you know about him with the hot boy stuff. But when we get mixtape, it's not commercial, it's not album. Like, this is not even a debate. As mixtapes got more big. You, I'm going to cut you off, but you can't say it's not a debate because, trust me, it was a very much heavy debate on social media yesterday. Well, so I was doing so many three. Get your old ass out of here and kick rocks. A bunch of I cannot argue with a bunch of 35-year-old people of Little Wayne's <laughs> age who grew up with him who would argue that Little Wayne was the best rapper alive, okay? Like, <laughs> this is what they think and believe, but it's not reality. Like, y'all are uh, they go to New York bias. Y'all are not living in reality comparing Mixtape Wayne to Mixtape 50. It's I don't understand even, how that's possible. It's not even... It's hey, not hey, even hey, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to take it here. You're not going to act like when Wayne went to New York to Harlem. He ain't swagger Jack Dipset, but you ain't hear that from me, though. Continue, sir. You mean... He was mentored by Dipset. He was he was <laughs> interning under Dipset. He was mentored under Dipset, interning under Dipset, dressing like Jim Jones. Literally oh. transformed into the way <laughs> Jim Jones looked. He yes. literally transformed into yes. little Jim Jones. Yes. I watched him do it. Now, here's the thing about Wayne. Hold Wayne, on. Some people Wayne say that before Gilly too. Some people say Gilly too. Oh, but he's hanging around Gilly also. He started on Gilly. Listen, Gilly said it. Don't say some people said it too. Gilly said it. <laughs> Gilly documented it. He was clear. I was the house writer for Baby and all of them that class money. He said this. He was there and he was their writer. So I'm just saying that was a reality. But here's the point. I'm not taking that away from Wayne's greatness. Wayne is Wayne is the living embodiment of hip hop. His whole life is hip hop. He was a little kid. Son, Wayne's four year run was tremendous. It was tremendous. No, tremendous. No, no, I understand that. But but here's another thing I also understand. 
Wayne's generation of the people who are Wayne's age, a little younger, Wayne means everything to them. Like, he's their hip-hop hero. He's before Drake, but after the 90s. You know what I'm saying? So he he had that window where when home tired and it was – and the South was be, was come, on that come up, and Nelly was the uh, was being was a pop superstar, and Fifteen Junior doing that thing. Wayne right. was still out here every day putting out music, never stopped working. So um, I understand people trying to talk about mixtape Wayne, but my man, I laugh at you, Warby. I think your list is trash. I think. I think you're going into the drought. You're trying to get 50, mixtape 50, my man. I mean, 50 has the locks. No, 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 no. When they used to diss Rory, no, 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 no. Rory, Rory didn't kill 50, though. He didn't kill 50. A lot of people on, on social media. Rory, had, he didn't say nothing about 50, though. No, 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 no. And to be honest with you, the Lil Wayne mixtape. I'm talking about the Lil oh, Wayne okay, mixtape. Okay, okay, part of the part of the So here's the I'm not going to take anything. Let me just say this. I'm not going to take anything away from Mixtape Wing. But this is the reality. Mixtape 50 is the reason why Ho said 50 is coming. Mixtape 50 is why Eminem signed 50. So do, do right. people understand that, what I just said? Like, like My dude, 50 led to two things. I've said this for years. He's the first rapper I've ever seen live in 2002 perform mixtape joints. All he had was Wangster, Problem Child, and In The Club. And every, it was for a whole hour and change. These were mixtape joints that people are rocking to. I've never seen that, nothing like that in my life to Curtis Jackson. When 50, when 50 was doing everybody's song over, it, it meant everything to the mixtape game. I remember he did an Angie Martinez song over, and she came on the radio and was like, this is the official remix. She just made it a remix officially, even though it was an unofficial remix, just because when 50 remixed it, it became the hottest joint on the street. They put their street feel on every song that came out. I mean, it's almost like it's, we living in a different universe when you say mm-hmm. Mixtape Wayne is over Mixtape 50. Like, that's not how it works. Just because of the mixtapes. He was blacklisted and dead Sorry. in the water. And he dumped I'm going to go there also, man. Off of I don't, I don't have Wayne over Dipset. Wayne was a superstar already. Wayne was a platinum artist, platinum group. My nigga, I don't have Wayne. Of the grave. My nigga, I don't have Wayne over Dipset in the mixtape era. For me. I for me. Have, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so now it's for me, and I damn sure, and I damn sure don't have him over Papoose in the mixtape ever. Ooh, you go in the mixtape ever. The New York because Bias, pa- because the New York Bias. Come on, come on, come on. All Papoose put out in the all, all Papoose put out in the two thousands was mixtapes. He never he never dropped his official album in the two thousands. So the only mm-hmm. way you could hear Papoose was if you got a mixtape. So, yeah, everything about Peppers in the 2000s was mixtapes. Come on, man. So, listen, I'm not taking nothing from women's greatness. When we do the when we do our 2000s list, you're going to see how highly I put Little Wayne. Yes. But Facts. For mixtapes, for, for mix y'all need to mm-hmm. shut up with that. Y'all need to shut yeah, up with that. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not jacking that, man. I'm not jacking that, yo. I think it's really trying to tell me Wayne over 50. Dogs. Nah. Now, if y'all want to say they're on the table, I'll get them. I'll get them. I'll give people that. 
if you want to say 50, Dipset, and all that, Lil Wayne, or sitting at the table, I key all that. I, I'm not even comfortable I'm going to go all there for me. I, I, I got 50 to you, the Dipset, the LOX. You know what I mean? Yeah. A bucket? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My bucket, my G. I don't know, man. It's crazy, man. Um, how have you enjoyed the Michael Jordan doc series episode one and two so far, my G? I like I like anything that gives a history lesson to people who don't know about eighties stuff. And this doc is um it's it's gonna talk about his last year, but they're doing basically a retrospective of his whole career. So I like that people are being educated. Me and you, it's like yesterday, my guy. Me and you remember all of this stuff. What we didn't right. see is we never saw you know, stuff with him and his little kids together, with, walking with him. I don't remember seeing that. So we're seeing a lot of stuff that only he had the video for. But what I, what I like about it is it's going to highlight some some facts that people are gonna have to talk about, especially when we get when we when they start talking about the bad boy piston era. I can't wait for them to talk about that era. I can't wait. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Are they gonna go there when it's really the the documentary is really the doc series really um really highlighting the nineteen ninety eight season? Or? Yeah, they're really gonna go there because they showed the preview for for to, for tomorrow's episode. Oh, they did. Okay, I just hear people talking about stuff. Okay, they showed that. Okay, okay. Yeah. But see, that's the thing. So why are we talking about 1998 so much? Why is the conversation about 1998? If they're going to go back to history and go back to their Pistons era? Because what they're doing is, if you notice, they're focusing on that last year, and then they'll do a playback, and they're going back and forth. I actually like how they're doing that. But they're showing what made Michael Jordan and the Piston rivalry is what made Michael Jordan the player he became. So um, I really, I really, I really like, I really enjoy, you know, we we basketball junkies, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, you know, you, I can never have enough basketball. Let's just keep it real. And and, and no, Rusella and um, Bill Simmons, I see y'all. Re, re, re <laughs> Yo, leave us alone. No, 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 we're not doing that. Don't listen to my boys. Wait, wait, wait. Let's Guarantee money right now. 
Like, I, I look at the breakdown of that deal, right? It, it, it looks crazy when you think about money of today, right? When one player gets $40 million, yeah. $32 million. Mm-hmm. So it's bugging you out. Hold on. Me, me, hold on. Me and you from the era where niggas was getting 10-year deals for 220 Like, come on, KD, sound like a 10-year deal. And, yeah, I sound like a 9-year deal for Philly. Like, LeBron really is the one who changed the landscape of telling dudes, your fam, don't be signing them 9-year deals. Sign them two, three-year deals, opt out on year four type-ish. You know what I mean? Right, LeBron really right. set that shit off. Love and, you. But, but when you look when you look at the, the breakdown of his deal, mm-hmm. um, it because he was so good, he should have always been a higher-paid player. But he, but but he, listen, he locked in to the long-term deal when everybody told him not to. I'm going to tell you what I did not like. I did not mm-hmm. like Jordan saying, Scotty Pippen is being selfish because the one thing the last thing shows you, Steve Kerr and Phil Jackson said we had absolutely no problem with Scotty Pippen holding out. Phil Jackson, the coach. But Jordan, but Jordan did, said, though. I had. But Steve Kerr don't count, though. Huh? I still ain't playing his coaching. No, no, no. I, but, listen, but you know who I can understand count? Jordan being mad, though, more than them niggas still watching. Phil Jackson counts. Phil Jackson absolutely counts. He, he, Phil Jackson counts. And Phil Jackson said, I had zero problem with Scotty Pippen holding out. And that's the coach saying this. Jordan, I don't believe that. Selfishly. Jordan, selfishly. Yo, Jordan, your man is the second best, is playing like the second best player in the NBA. And he's getting paid. And he's the sixth. Yo, but hold on, no. Mike, on Mike's team. looking like, yo, football. Hold on, Watson. Mike is looking like, Sam, I need you out here on the court with me, my G. I'm if, you my man, and you, if, you my, if you're Jordan and I'm Pippen, me and your relationship with we could never right. uh, recover from that. And and let's be clear, Scottie Pippen's relationship with the Bulls never recovered from that. This was but, but hold on, but, but hold on. Don't make it sound like Jordan didn't say there'll be no Jordan without Scottie. He did give Scottie his flowers. Yo, 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 yo. Let's be Michael real. Jordan got thirty-six million dollars. He spoke on another man's contract and basically told him not to get paid and and be the sixth high, highest paid player. Nobody's told no. him that. No, 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 no. That's I think it was a surgery. It was a surgery issue that that, that Mike had, though. And, and no. Phil Jackson said, I had no problem with it. So Phil Jackson has no problem with it. Michael Jordan has a problem with it. You know why Michael Jordan had a problem with it? Because Michael Jordan wanted to win, and he needed Scotty, and he cared more about him winning than Scotty Pippen getting oh, come his on, son. We're in the era of sports when me and you watch players hold out for money. Like right. we, we right. know sports. Evan Smith. And you're you see Evan Smith and Dallas Cowboys. You're calling a corporate line right now? You're, you're taking the, the corporate, corporate line, line. like <laughs> play when they can easily renegotiate your contract right now. And they won't do it. Do you know how many times the owner of the Lakers used to just rip up Magic's contract and just make sure he stayed the highest paid player? Right. You know, you know, you don't own, do that at any time they want, right? You do understand that. Definitely. At any well, time they want. When, especially when, well, especially when owners respect you. But this is why I blame <laughs> Jerry Reinstorf. This is why I blame Jerry Reinstorf more than Jerry Krause. Because people get on Jerry Krause's hard body, but I'm like, yo, fam, Jerry Reinstorf, you're the owner, fam. You could you could eighty six anything Jerry Krause says. So to me, it's like, why did you Jerry, step into this? Jerry Krause. Um, let me just say how ridiculous Jerry Krause and and and, and uh, Jerry Reinsdorf looked after that. 
they were so hell-bent on we're the great ones, we're the guys who can put together mm-hmm. teams, that they got cute. And after that, they hired Tim Floyd, and Chicago became that was the worst team in the NBA for years. They were so bad, they started getting number one high draft picks. And that's when they got yep. Derrick Rose, Rose and Tyson Chandler. And Gordon. Literally, Tyson Chandler also. so bad. Because they were so mm-hmm. bad, and Eddie Curry, because they were so bad, they were getting all these number one picks. And these were the guys coming mm-hmm. straight out of high school. But the point is, history shows that they were dead wrong. They brought, like, like Chris Passard is doing. Chris Passard is running around. Oh, you spoke to Dynasty too early, too early. Well, you can – everybody can Monday morning quarterback. But now that we right. know how bad a decision he made, like, mm-hmm. dude, you were trash after that, after that last season. Trash. Yeah. The Bulls sucked. Yeah. Hey, guess what? How many championships have the Bulls won since then? Listen, Derrick Rose tried, man. Without that, didn't hold up too long. Him and um, Joe Kim nowhere and them boys, but that didn't hold up at all, man. At all. At all, man. I wonder if they're going to highlight Jordan, 80-some, baller blocking your boy Isaiah Thomas. So are they going to bring that up? Is that going to be brought up in conversation, yes. you think? Well, they bring, they're talking about ESPN. They're talking about it on the basketball shows. I mean, oh, once, we start doing this deep dive into, once we start doing this deep dive into the Detroit Pistons, we, you, you're going to see it. Bill Lambert straight up with a straight face was like, who do I think is better between Jordan and LeBron? <laughs> LeBron, what are you talking about? LeBron came to the league, made everybody better. Off the top. He said I'm not like buying that. that. I'm, uh, come on. Let's be real. We know the, 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 the relationship with Lambert and the Pistons and the Bulls in the 90s. Me and you live that. So take it for what take it with a grain of salt. It's coming from Bill Lambert. So somebody says if somebody says LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan, you think that I'm person is crazy? I'm not gonna say crazy, no, it, but I can't. I watch. NBA I live both ever though. NBA player. It's not that you got to co-sign it. But my dude, Jordan put, my nigga, Jordan put fear in people. Lambert, you sound stupid, Lambert. I know for a fact Jordan put fear in you, bro. I don't care what you tell me. Regardless, y'all, y'all, um, the Jordan rules on. They made a thing called the Jordan rules. There's never been LeBron rules. I never heard no one say they were scared of LeBron James. Dog, there's a thing on YouTube, y'all. It's called Michael, um, players talk about Michael Jordan. Three episodes of players saying they were scared shitless of this man. I've never heard dudes say they're scared of LeBron James. So let me I've give you a rebuttal to that. The late Reggie Lewis played Michael Jordan and blocked him four times in a single game. Um, yeah, I watched that video, too, because I've been watching a lot of basketball. Um, mm-hmm. In the 80s, Michael Jordan put a fan to everybody. We won no championships. This is when Michael Jordan was averaging 37 points, 36 points, 35 points. Come fly you with still me. still put a fan in niggas watching. You know, you, you know y'all like y'all, you know y'all like y'all Jordans, right? Well, Jordan wasn't winning championships the first five <laughs> in Jordan. You know who used to lose to? And like, and like Isaiah Thomas or Chris Bassard. Yes. We knew Jordan was coming, but he wasn't the guy we aspired to be. It was, it was, you know, I like that he talked about how great Philly was because Philly, for whatever the reason is, and I blame you three and I blame everybody in the media, y'all really act like it was Magic and Bird that was the rivalry. But y'all act like Philly wasn't a rivalry. Like Philly just had no say-so in the 80s. Philly played Magic three times. Bird played Magic three times. talking about Hershey Dawkins and, and Charles Barkley? No, I'm talking about Moses Malone and Dr. J. Oh, Dr. J. And okay, Barnesov. And talking. That's what I'm talking about. Barnesov. So okay. Isaiah was like the the people who who were winning the championships in the 80s. 
was Philly, Boston, and the Lakers. So that yeah, but the whole, but the hold on, hold on. Both those teams you talking about with the Lakers and, and um the Celtics, Magic Johnson and, and Larry Bird knew that 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 Jordan was that dude in the eighties. They yo, knew that say, yo. Yo, when you, with, say that, you, know, you say, when you say that, let me just say that when you say that, it sounds ridiculous. How? And, that's, and, that's, and, that's, and, that's, and, that's what they said, nigga. That's what they said, nigga. No, no, but let me tell you what sounds ridiculous with you trying to use that. So what they said it. Jordan didn't win in the 80s. So if 1986, Larry Bird said, Michael Jordan is a guy. So, so hold on. Wait, 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 no, 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 no. So you're what great. Hold on. You're great. You're great. Hold on. You're great at Michael Jordan in the 80s of not getting rings? And not making his teammates better. Yes. Everything you just Carmelo for. Yes. He wasn't making his teammates all, better and never mm-hmm. won. That's why Shannon Sharp. So he wasn't. Salute. He said, first of all, let's the names you pick. Shannon Sharp, who doesn't show with Skip Bayless, who has three LeBron jerseys behind him. Let's not be biased, Shannon. Let me also say, but Jesus Lord, my man. I mean, Skip Bayless or AK, AK Drip Bayless. Every time I see Skip on Instagram, he's making sure we're seeing the J's that he's rocking. So consider the source of both those guys, Watson. I remember the source of both those individuals. If we're talking, yeah. if we're talking Jordan in the nineties, brother, mm-hmm. me and you, there's nothing we can do but praise him. But you want me to talk Jordan in the eighties when yes, he wasn't 80, winning yes. championship. And well, I'm, you know, and Jordan was I'm not going to give you props. I'm not my going nigga, to give you props for Jordan in the eighties. My nigga, in eighty four. Wait, in '84 when he got drafted, you knew when he got into the Bulls, you're like, all right, all right, then, son, son, get, you know, he's official. You also knew that that Mike had no reason to want to stay a fourth year like Tim Duncan did at Wake Forest. He didn't have to stay four years in um Carolina. We knew the vibes. My, my man, you think um Bobby Knight, who was coaching that USA team in '82, '83, whatever year that was, '81 maybe I think it was, or '84. I'm wrong. Are my years right quick? He didn't know that Michael Jordan, Jordan was the best player on that squad. Jordan, he knew that. Jordan, first of all, that Olympic squad that he took beat an NBA All-Star team with Larry Bird and Isaiah Thomas. That game is on YouTube. You can watch them Mm -hmm. beat them. Listen, Jordan was a great individual player in the 80s. He learned how to win in the 90s. That's all I'm saying. Like, so imagine a great NBA player right now. Take a James Harden right now who's dropping, who's leading the NBA in scoring oh, every God, year. James Harden. But not Jesus winning championships. And you got niggas James like you dissing them. So like, you don't like this game, right? <laughs> but this game wins. That's what Jordan was doing in the 80s. Like, Let's not compare James. We're not doing that. We're not comparing James Harden how, with Jordan. How, I'm doing that. How comparing a guy who's the best oh. offensive player in the NBA and he's not winning championships? That's what Jordan was doing in the 80s. He was the best offensive player when he came into the NBA, and he did not win in the 80s, just like James Harden is the best of, uh, best offensive player right now. If James Harden got a ring, everything about him would be different. The talk about that's him true. would be no, I agree so with that. I agree. Different. I agree. I agree. That's what a ring Facts. does. That's, that's what Facts. I'm saying. Facts. And, and, and Facts. I like that this is – you're going to see the bad boy Pistons. You're going to see how physical – the NBA was. LeBron James, you can't handle Draymond Green. I promise you, if you can't handle Draymond Green, <laughs> John Alley, Bill Lambert, and Dennis Rodman would have yoked you in the headlock and body slammed you, and, you, and it wouldn't have been a flagrant. What would you have done? <laughs> right? <laughs> no flagrant. 
say that LeBron would not got busy in the nineties, though. He would have got busy in the nineties. LeBron would have got busy. Let me tell you this. I am someone who believes all great players will always be great in all eras. So I'm okay. not one of those guys who'd be like, You can't play in this era. Yes, you can. If you great and you're a great basketball player, you can play in every era. So I I'm, 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 I'm I'm I I feel that way. Right. I feel I'll that way. I feel you on that. I do feel you on that. Um, so so bootleg copies of the ten episodes are already out and people are so thinked out they want to watch it. I told I told people, I said, I'm not watching it now, man. I like seeing it when it comes oh, yeah. out because remember me remember this. We remember all of this. Right. So it's not like we gotta see, you know, stuff we don't know. Nah, but I get to know <laughs> but, get, but hold on. Watching clips of um Jordan and them going to the bus. And yo, my my man, they had no respect for Jerry Jerry Krause, Toby, Mike and Scotty. They had zero respect. Imagine us talking to our human resources manager like that or, or, or office manager like that, son. You know what I mean? Like, can't even make those kind of jokes. Yeah. You know? But I believe that Jerry Krause just wanted to show that, yo, he could, it wasn't about Phil and Scotty and Mike. But well, we got to give that man his props, though. He did what he did, though. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you might not, you might, cats might not like him, but he did bring in, he's the one that traded Cartwright. I mean, Oakley for Troy, right? You're right. He, you know what I mean? He did all of that, right? He, uh, and he also hired Tim Floyd and proceeded to make the <laughs> Chicago Bulls the worst team in the NBA for the next five years. Are we going to act like that didn't happen? Uh, nah, 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 I can't do Are we going to act like that. that didn't happen? Nah, I can't do they, that. They, they've can't never do recovered. They've never recovered from, from that era. That's also yeah. part of his legacy, the destruction of the Chicago Bulls. That's also yeah, a that's true. That's true. The that's very much a fact. That is a fact, though. Yo, how can, how are you gonna tell Phil? I don't care if you have eighty two wins, you eighty two and oh, you're not gonna be in next year. That's crazy, my nigga. So here's the thing I don't understand that's about crazy. That. What was no. his what was his beef? What was his beef with Phil Jackson? Did he think Phil Jackson was that's personal? Like that's what personal, was his son. Beef? That's personal. That's what beef. I'm saying. What? what I'm trying to figure out is what's <laughs> the right. And that is why Phil Jackson said, I had no problem with Scottie Pippen uh, talking about um, he wasn't going to play or when he took the surgery. Clearly, they did not like each other either. But Phil Jackson wasn't as outspoken as Scottie was. But Phil clearly Yo, my, my didn't man, with him. And he after the 97 season, Phil. after the 97 season, Amar Rashad and him at the podium talking to these cats. And he asked him, Phil, are you guys going to do it next year, another year? And Phil's like, if management... Uh, wants me back, and then Jordan's like in the press conference. Well, we should be the ones to um, dictate, you know, if, if, we, if it's gonna, if it's not gonna work anymore. If we lose, at least let us defend. Basically, let us defend out for the championship. You know what I mean? I mean that's crazy. What man. do you that's think would have happened? Person, what do you think would have happened? What do you think would have happened if they would have went went against that that uh, the lockout season? And let's say they won. And they went against um. First of all, the Knicks would have beaten them next year. Do you, no, no. Do you think the Knicks could have beaten them the next year? So you think they would have no, beaten no. them again? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So you it, don't believe the Knicks would have been able to beat them? It, yeah, it was the LJ, Allen Houston, Latrell, Sprewell. My thought about LJ hit that big three against the Pacers. That and one. If he doesn't hit that. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, we the might have that's the team. Could that team have beaten? Right. Could that team have beaten? Yeah. This both. Nah, I don't think so. Nah. Okay, so nah. so he goes back again. What do you think that Bulls team? How do you think the Spurs would have done against that Bulls team? Yo, that would have been yo, my, my dude. You know what's funny? We never got to see Jordan play against Elijah in '94, '95, and we didn't get to see him play against that Spurs team in '99. 
and that Laker one more year, he would play the Lakers with Kobe and Shaq. He would have played the Lakers in that. He, he was he was supposed to play Kobe and Shaq in '98 when Utah swept when Utah swept <laughs> yeah. Kobe and Shaq. Okay, so that that they, he was been supposed to play them, but um, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. What do you think? What do you, what do you think? What do you think would have happened against uh, the Spurs? The Spurs? If they played the Spurs, yeah. I don't know how Mike would have beat David Robinson and Duncan, no man. Did you watch Kobe two thousand one sweep? Did you watch? Did you watch twenty two year old Kobe sweep David Robinson and Tim Duncan in two thousand one? I don't think it was. Wasn't it five? No, they didn't go to five or six. Then we lost one game that year. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay, okay, so now, now that you remember that, what happened when twenty two year old Kobe went against David Robinson? And Tim Duncan was he not dunking on them with two hands? Yeah, yo, yo, Kobe, that's that's Fro Kobe right there, man. Afro Kobe was a little different though. Mini Fro. So when you want to know Kobe. how would Jordan have done against them, they were actually Tim Duncan was actually a better player by two thousand one. But my dude, Kobe you're saying twenty two year old vibrant Kobe Bryant, man. He's already what? Yeah, that's his fourth in the league against, against like, young Tim Duncan. Against young yeah, Tim Jordan, Duncan. Yeah, but Jordan would have been like 37 at that time. 36, 37. We're talking. Uh, it was literally the next Scottie, year, dude. It was only Scotty got next bad year. No, I'm not talking about 98 squad. I'm talking about the 2000 Lakers, man. Oh, you're, you're right. It's 98. 98. No, 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 no. You're right. Because it's no, 98 no. Bulls. Right, you're talking about that was Bulls, the team right? that would have played against 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 that uh, San Antonio team, and then I right, said, that's "Well, the, that's one year dismantled that San Antonio team." Well, you're saying you're making it sound like Jordan would have dismantled that team. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying that that team, a great player, could beat mm-hmm. a great player is going to be great. You know what I'm saying? Okay, that's all I'm saying. Okay. You know what team I liked also. Back in the day, man, that team of Kenny Anderson, Paul Pierce, Antoine Walker, and Tony Delk, that Celtics team, that, that went to war with the uh, Celtics, co- co- with uh, co- Jason Kidd, Jerry Pacino. Kittle. Coach by Coach Pacino. by Rick Pacino. Ricky P. Yeah, former Do you know, do you, you know I, um, I rate Jason Kidd over Steve Nash? As a point. Oh, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. I don't think that, I don't think that's that's like that's not jumping out the window at all. Is it though? Anybody think that's jumping out the window with Jason Kidd over Steve Nash? To, to, to why are they going to go crazy. into the two-time MVP bag? Is that what the bag they're going to yep, go into? Yep, yep, yep. The two time, look, so one of them shouldn't have Let me ask you this. Shaq got jerk. Who's better? Hey, Kobe got jerk. Who's better in your opinion? Isaiah Thomas or Steve Nash? <sighs> I like both their games on one. Let me say that, right? I think Steve Nash is a better passer than Isaiah Thomas. But Zeke is a dog, fam. He's a dog. Like, so I like dogs, this, man. man. I'm going Isaiah question. Thomas, man. I see how you're answering the question. I see how you're answering the question. This is – it's easily Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah <laughs> Thomas is a better – Yeah, but those photos be Nash, though. He's better in high school. He's better <laughs> – Steve? Nash was not as good as Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas is one of the all-time great is one of the all-time great guards in NBA history. Okay, yeah. the point I'm making because Steve Nash has that back-to-back MVP, 
they inflate how great he is. And it makes people think twice. When What's to think twice about? You know what I'm saying? He's not better than John Stockton. He's not better than Isaiah Thomas. If Chris Paul, if Chris Paul had back-to-back MVPs, Chris Paul would be, be considered better than Steve Nash. Chris Paul is my guy. That's those my guy, GP. Those MVPs inflated him. Can Steve Nash play? Absolutely. Steve Nash was a great player. Isaiah Thomas was a greater player. Mm-hmm. In every category you can think about it. And had a greater basketball career in every way you can think about it. <laughs> <laughs> he did, though. Straight out of Indiana. Legal in Indiana. What did Isaiah Thomas do when he was in Indiana? He won a ring. He got a ring. With a, he got a ring. Yeah. He won a national Look, championship. That, so and Bobby Knight yeah. was like, yo, you got to go. You're too good. <laughs> and Bobby Knight was somebody who kept everybody for four years. He told Isaiah Thomas, he said, Look, man, you got to go, man. You're you too good. You got to go to them. Mm-hmm. You're too good. Straight up. That's crazy. It's crazy that coaches got to tell niggas like that. Yo, you got to bounce. Niggas don't even like. Fam, how did they don't tell Tim Duncan didn't have a, he did not have to stay four years at Wake Forest? Let's be real. Tim so Duncan didn't have to like, stay. Yo, you want to stay? Shaq did not. Let me just be clear. Shaq did not have to go back his junior year. He yeah, he did. He did. did, he did. He did. Shaq was the number one pick. Red Arbor. Thanks. Red Arbor went on a rant. They asked him, yo, what do you think about Shaq? He's like, why? Yo, Red Arbor was, went on a rant. He was like, there is no reason for Shaq to play a, a junior year. All he's going to do is get hacked, potentially hurt, and beat up. And mm-hmm. what happened? Uh, mm-hmm. What was the head coach who was running on the field fighting people because they was, they were trying to hurt Shaq all the time? You remember the coach for LSU, but that's oh, literally what happened. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, his name just Oh, head, Yeah, his name's just oh, my mind. Coming to me. Yeah. Dale something. It's Dale something. You're right. Yeah, uh, Shaq played his junior year. So what? You you were the number yeah. one pick the year before, and you were the clearly number one pick again, and you accomplished nothing at LSU your junior year. Nothing. That's true. Yo, my my man, uh, AI could have bounced his freshman year too. He didn't, he didn't have to stay two years at Georgetown. Let's be clear on that. I think he had to because he had to re- rehabilitate his image first. Because remember, okay, he was trying to say that. Okay. okay. He was out of yeah. black. Because he was supposed to go to, so, he was he gonna go to he Carolina. Gave, he gave them a nice two years. Let me tell you something, man. That Big East with him, Terry Kittles, and Ray Allen, I was loving it. Ooh, I was ooh, loving it, man. Yes. That championship yes, yes, with yes, Georgetown versus yes, UConn? Yes, yes. That's when college basketball well, meant everything. With Victor Page, Victor Page, Jerome Williams, Odella Hamilton, Boober Cup. Hold on. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Boober Cup. Ow. Ubuka Ow, yeah. Yo, my man. Talk about it. My man from Sports Center, when he every time he did Georgetown highlights, every time he goes Bubuka Ow name, he used to go Bubuka Ow. Bubuka Ow, man. Yeah. Of course. Them, uh, them, them guys who would get hyped. Who was it? It was Craig. It was these two guys. Craig, my, my son Craig <laughs> Kilborn. My son Craig yeah, Kilborn. Get it right. The coolest dude up there. He was the guy who used to call. Not for you, the guy. Which Forget Rich Isaac. It was Craig yeah. Kilborn, man. He was a cool cat. Cool right. it was Craig Kilborn. That was my guy. He always called Shaq. The Dixel! The Dixel! I used to love when he called that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I used to like, um, what's my guy's name? Uh, Bill Raftery. 
with the kids. Bill Raftery is the love Bill Raftery. Bill Raftery. Listen, I like Bill Raftery more than Dick Bartel. That's not a popular Bill opinion, Ra- but I do. Bill Raftery, Bill Raftery Calling is games. my favorite college announcer of all time. Of all time. Oh, that's what, that's I, like him so much. I would watch him. I would watch him call a game, and I didn't care about the team because you went to him say, <laughs> "Oh, the kids." Yes. It didn't give you a nice back. Then he goes, touch out. He goes, goes touch out. Go, man, man. I used to, yo, my wife used to Rathery, man. I remember when he used to do the net games. He used to do the net games. He used to do the net games. Yes, net games. Yep. And Arm Gilly with the hammer. And one time yo, they played Charlotte. Ah. And Charlotte had Alonzo Morning and, and Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson. And they were doing the pregame. And he was like, Yo, son. And these I, two guys I, are on, on the show of killing. Hold on, hold on. Sidebar. How you how Charlotte and Larry Johnson and a lot of morning off that squad, man? You lose both those niggas? Mm-hmm. Two man. Two young egos. Listen, it happened in it happened in Dallas Yo, with Jason Kidd. Hold on, Jackson, that series, Jamal that series, I want to say 92 or 93, when it was a first round against the Knicks list. in Charlotte. Yo, that, that first that round was, was I remember crazy. that. Like, it was Yo, remember they were in the whole city, the whole city yes. with the white shirts? Like the yeah. atmosphere was electric. And yep. they was physical. And they played, that yes. was a nice physical series, man. That was a dope first round series. Like Young LJ was everything Zion Williams is. There's no question about it. Yeah, Young yeah, LJ. Facts, facts. Well, he didn't have Young hops like LJ? that. Young LJ? He didn't have hops huh? like that. He didn't have hops he, like that. You said he didn't have hops like that? Nah, not like Zion. Nah, nah, nah. Yes, he, no. yes, he did. <clears throat> You're bugging. I'm saying he did. You're bugging. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you he did. You're bugging. I'm bugging. So, so from what I saw with Larry Johnson from UNLV to his rookie year, when, when, by the way, he was rookie of the year, by the way, people didn't know that. He was rookie of the year. Then his next year, Larry Johnson was an all-star. So that's, that's, Sir, that's like, he was college I'm just the harping year on the hops. So, so, what is, Nothing, not the I game. He was college player of the year. Then he was rookie of the year. Then he was off on next year. Larry Johnson was known for dunking. See, this with those Knicks fans off. Knicks fans are so used to seeing yeah, bad back Larry Johnson having 16 points a game who couldn't jump <laughs> anymore that now they're, they, they're convincing themselves <laughs> that he couldn't jump. Grandma <laughs> my Larry Johnson was nasty. We, well, hold on. We didn't nasty. have Grandma my Larry Johnson. We didn't have Grandma my Larry Johnson at all. No. Let's be clear on that. With those we had Larry Johnson. That want to shoot three, like, and do that. that couldn't jump. He had no hops. But I will say that this. That's my I heart, man. This, I thought Larry Johnson was one of the greatest teammate players in in basketball history. As a teammate, it just seems like all teams love Larry Johnson. Yeah, but I thought he played soft sometimes. I, I didn't think he had the grit. Like, so Anthony, I didn't I think he, he about, I don't think he had the grit. I don't think he had the grit like Alonzo Mourning. I don't believe he did. Um, Anthony, I remember when Anthony Mason got traded from Anthony said, well, Charlotte got the better trade because I'm better than Larry Johnson. He is. And Larry Johnson had no smoke for Anthony Mason when he said that. He didn't want that Anthony Mason. R.I.P. Anthony Mason. He didn't want that smoke. Yeah, he didn't want smoke. know the vibes. He know the vibes. He want no smoke. Yeah, he know the vibes. Yo, did you see um, Draymond on um, – with, with Steven Jackson and um my man yes, Matt Barnes yes, up in the smoke. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Mm. Um, what do you what do you, what did you think about what he said? 
about what KD Barkley or what we talking about? It's only KD. It's only KD. There's nothing else to talk about but KD. <sighs> Sound like well, listen, man. When KD does burner accounts and does all shit like this, we love KD, the basketball player. But do I think KD does have insecurity issues and lets things bother him to the point Draymond won't let things bother him? And Draymond's grind and KD's grind is totally different. Like, Draymond tells the story. He had a grind, my G. He had a grind again. He was a little fat, chubby dude at Michigan State with Tom Izzo that he plays with. Stuff and, and, and these niggas and shit. And I really think, you know, you hear a lot of people say, even I don't fully agree with that, but they say he's the heart and soul of the um, Golden State Warriors. But I guess that's when you have the biggest mouth. That's when they, they try to label you and give you that um, title of the heart and soul because you have the biggest mouth, I, I guess. I don't know. But you know, I thought Draymond spoke his mind. Like, you know, I thought he was honest. I think he's very honest. One thing I like about Draymond, I think he's much more honest than KD. When it comes to talking, I think Katie's very PC. You know, as a mess up his political connects and all that, because he's more, you know, more corporate America and has more business deals than than um, Draymond. So maybe that plays a part into it. But yo, I think they all knew that season, son. The same thing we did every day on the show. We did the countdown what Katie was going to do. The writing was on the wall. He's going to bounce, and I believe that Draymond we, we he did knew. feel a way. Oh, we knew. he did feel a way. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. We knew well. We knew and we talked about it. When he balked on KD and said, we don't need you. We did a show. We won a championship without you. We knew from the second he said that, KD would never come back because you can't come back. He, he couldn't come back from that. As sensitive as KD is. He couldn't know. He couldn't know. So you know no, let's go. Let's stay here for a second. Come on. He really couldn't make no senses, though. Really? Grown man? No, no. no. No, no, no. No one no, got shot. Man. No, no one got stabbed. No one tried on nobody's wife. No kids got... St- no, I mean, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. KD left. Was it worth it? Was it worth it? Y'all had a... So, it, so are we saying that's the sole reason KD bounced? Are we saying that's the sole yes. reason yes. KD bounced? I don't yes. think it's the sole reason. Yes. I don't think it's the sole yes. reason. Because, 100% it's reason it's why he bounced. I'll tell you why. And, and I'll tell you what that fully. I'll say it's 7%, 80% of it. Well, here's the thing. Did he bounce? Did he bounce? Why? Yes. yes. Everybody said he was the best player on the team. I think that was, I think was on the cake. I think that was, I, let me tell you what I think it is. And you and I also, oh, let me tell or the new kid on the block, like they still treat, even though he's winning MVP. Let me say something. Let me MVPs something. and all that. Let me, let me say something. You gotta understand this. You know, because you have to understand this. When you are as great as KD, you can never be treated as anything less than the greatest. I totally agree with that. that. My nigga, I know you that. Can't, you can't. I mean, that's just my nigga. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. The writing's on the wall with all these niggas after they lost that. In, in, um, when they lost in the finals, or whatever, they ran to Cleveland. They all ran to Katie's crib. All of them. Steve Kerr, Clay, Draymond, Steph, all went to Katie's the door. Infamous me- wait, wait, wait. The infamous meeting, the infamous meeting the infamous that they had in Draymond the Hamptons. When they, rented the, right. when they rented, rented their mansion in the Hamptons, and they all flew out to meet him Facts. and convince him to come. But Facts. Right. So That's big. The thing that, the thing that, the thing that KD could never come to terms with was Steph Curry's home, drafted, they, 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 they 
the way they know that? Why did they know that? Is the way is the way Yankee fans feel about Jeter. You can't tell but Yankee why fans did, so about hard. Jeter. So what you just saying? So what you're saying, Katie didn't, didn't know that when he decided to sign that deal? That didn't, that didn't, he didn't have any conversation and, and, with his management? And KD, and KD did know that. That's why he signed that deal. Three. Okay. That's I why he All signed right. that deal. He signed that deal. He didn't give them no long-term commitment. He signed that deal to be like, yo, I'm Well, they couldn't do that no more anyway, though. And let me ask you this before. now. This is real. Now, here, let me give you some real Draymond Green talk. How would you grade Draymond Green's play this year? It wasn't that. It wasn't great. What do you mean it wasn't great? What do you mean? What do you mean it wasn't great? It well, wasn't great at all. Team in the NBA. So we, 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 now it's the worst team in the NBA. So now, what about his? You're play? asking. You're asking, you asking a utility player. player. You're asking a utility player who's, who's to do more than he normally does. You know what I mean? He has to be. They, he plays the back with Stephen Clay, the third option. He's the third option this year behind Stephen Clay, and both those guys were playing. So now you put him as the first option. Jim was not the first but option. He wasn't the first option. But but yo, but he wasn't even the first option when he played. Who was, was it? running everything through um through D'Angelo Russell was the leading scorer. Oh, team while he, he was there for a short stint though, but he he, he was there for a short stint and bouncing and everything. Yo, my man, he was there. He was there for forty games. What do you mean a short stint? He was there the for season. half the All Star break. He was there for the season. Hold on, it's still Draymond. Hold on, it's still Draymond's team. Even though uh, your boys chucking more shots, that doesn't mean it's not what Draymond's team. More, more than all. He was the one. He, he was a scorer. He had to score. My dude, let's not. Let's not listen. I know you live in this fantasy world that you think that DeAndre Russell time in Brooklyn was so fantastic, and then when he got to Golden State, you were big on that. It, it didn't work, and I'm glad you brought that up because you were big on your man D'Lo. Going to Golden State, like it was really gonna pan off over there, and I was never big on that guy. And you were in terms of he did not. He got traded. He got traded. Here's why it didn't pan off. Here's why it didn't pan off. Because Steph Curry got hurt, and then if it's only the reason why you keep him, wait, wait, tell me. That's for the reason you keep him. Tell me, tell me. You only have you only have D'Angelo Russell. A bunch of rookies, young players, Rook and then you have an ineffectual Draymond Green. Wait, wait. Then you have an exposed Draymond Green who's not that good. Guess exposed. what, y'all? Y'all gonna be like exposed. a Draymond Green will never be an All Star again. <laughs> now you're gonna be like a Draymond Green is really not that good. Okay. Now you're gonna do my son Draymond like that, yo. Don't do my son Draymond like that, man. You know what's crazy? The NBA window is like it can you can get a run. Golden State went to five straight finals, man. That is Yeah, insane. man, that was crazy. That's crazy. Magic That's crazy. never That's did crazy. it. Jordan never did it. Like, it's Word. insane to go to five straight finals and win three. That might be it. That might be the – that's it. We may never see them get back. And Draymond Green understands um, that if they had KD, and Draymond Green understands that if you had KD, you would get back. I'm going to disagree with that. I'm going to disagree with that. I'm going to disagree with that when you still got Stephen Curry. I'm gonna disagree with that. As long as you got Stephen Clay, you can you could you could you could and build around that. That's your nucleus. You just build around those two brothers right there. Niggas are gonna to want to come to Golden State, man. I totally okay. disagree with that. Okay. So so I guess Golden State is gonna do another five year championship. Run. I didn't and say five. I didn't say five, my G. I didn't say five. I didn't say five. I'm just saying I'm not gonna. You made it sound like it they're, they're never gonna get back to the NBA Finals. 
The reason so why Draymond Green are you on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. are you on record right now saying Golden State Steph Curry would never win, win another ring? Yes. All right, I was high. That's why I love our show. Everything is documented. It's so lovely. So once again, you're on record saying Steph Curry won't win another NBA championship, sir. Yes, I'm on record. Okay. Oh, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad. I'm so glad you said that. Ah, yeah, man. We always go back to the tapes. But how many rings does yeah. um, Steph Curry have? Three. Three sledges. How many does LeBron have? How many does LeBron have? Three. Three sledges. Okay. 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 What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, I, oh, I got to follow. Let me follow it up. Let me follow it up. <laughs> yeah, follow oh, please. Well, who, did, who did Steph Curry's team beat to win his three rings? He beat Cleveland twice. My partner Seth got two rings, right? Seth has three rings. Three rings, yeah. Two, uh, two a KD, yeah. two a KD, and one by himself. Bucket said three on bucket. It's three rings, yeah. So he beat, he beat, he beat, he beat Cleveland three times. That's you saying? Yeah. Damn, doesn't doesn't sound like a rivalry, but maybe it's a rivalry to you. Maybe your team wins three and the other team what wins the one. Hell? That's a rivalry. Yo, my dude, it's, you know where, where are you going with that? Where were you going with all this? No, 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 where were we going with this? Was that a rivalry to you? Let me ask you, was that a rivalry to you? What, Golden State and Cleveland? Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't the Boston Celtics-Lakers-esque. No, 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 no. That's was, not the you know what I mean? You consider it a rivalry. Yes, I did. A rivalry is supposed to be competitive. A rivalry is not supposed to be one-sided. Oh, no, no, one-sided. no, we're not doing that. We're not, it was one-sided, yes. Oh, it wasn't one-sided? But it was still a rivalry, it was still it a rivalry though. Series? It's still a rivalry, though. A rivalry? They got swept yes. and they got beaten five games the last. My guy, it was one one. It was one one going to the third round, my G. Let's never forget that. Okay. And, right. to be, and, and to be fair, and to be fair to that first Cleveland team with um with with the um uh, international um coach, what's his name? David Black. When they had David Black, remember now Kyrie and Kevin Love was not playing in that first series, so. It would have been very interesting to see if Kyrie and Kayla was playing in that first in that first round. I mean, that first series they had in 2015. I want to say, like, it would have been very interesting to see where that went. Was, see what it, I'm was saying? it interesting so, when Kyrie and, was it interesting when Kyrie and Kevin Love played uh, when they lost in five games? Was that interesting to watch? In five games. Yeah. To, with, with KD, right? Yeah, with KD. Was that interesting? Yeah, with, uh, make sure, make sure you can't just gloss over with KD here. Just with, no, it's KD, Steph Curry, Draymond, and Clay. Let's be clear about that. Let's be clear. Against Kyrie Irving, against, against Kyrie Irving, who's your favorite? Kevin Love was washed. Don't say Kevin Love was washed. Against, oh, I love Kevin Kyrie. I love Kyrie. Washed. I love Kyrie. Um, Kevin Love Kevin was washed. Was washed. Okay. My, my nigga, okay. Kevin Love was the same, same Kevin Love in Minnesota in 2016? You can't. Come on, that's like saying that's like saying right. with Chris Bosh, the same Chris Bosh from Toronto when he was averaging twenty five a game in Miami. When you go to a team, you have to sacrifice, like Mark Aguirre did when he went to the Detroit Pistons. He wasn't averaging twenty five a game then. My you God, Kevin Love is not player. doing nothing. He wasn't doing nothing. All right, they was talking about trading this guy. Like, let's be clear, man. Like, Kevin Love is not the same dude anymore, man. I understand he's the third option and everything, but. I mean, you know, he wasn't effective at all in that. 
What do you think about Draymond? Do you, you agree with anything he said? No, I didn't agree with anything he said. Of course you but don't. But I will tell you what I do with Draymond. Draymond Green. I agree with everything Draymond Green said about Charles Barkley. Everything. <laughs> so it's not that I'm against with Draymond Green. When Draymond says stuff that I agree with, I will agree with him. And when he was what did you Charles agree Barkley, with he said about I Charles agree Barkley? With everything he said. What did you I agree, agree with? Everything he said. What did you agree with, my G? Saying, I will take Charles Barkley's spot and be an inside stuff. Because I know I just like him. Let's, let's, not, let's, not, let's not do that. I don't agree with that for you. I don't agree with that. I don't think Let me ask Draymond you. Green. Draymond no. talk? Does Draymond talk? Does Draymond talk? Is he a talker? What does that mean? You you talk. Everyone talks. No, everyone doesn't talk. What are you Kawhi talking Leonard about? Talks. Kawhi Leonard doesn't talk. Are you saying that Draymond Green is a better would be a better TV personality than Charles Barkley, who's proven already? Yes. Yes. I yes, totally I disagree with that. And I rock with Draymond, I Draymond Green. And I totally I believe disagree Draymond with that. Green, I believe I believe Draymond Green is going to make an effortless transition into Not, NBA television talk. Wait a minute, tell me something. There's no question. There's about a difference it. between him having an effortless transition going into the NBA into the um commentary thing. But I'm talking about Charles Barkley. He's not gonna have a better conversation. Not, um, not only is he not only is he gonna be better than Charles Barkley, Charles Barkley brings nothing to NBA commentary. He just talks. Oh, Charles Barkley just talks constant. So we we don't like TNT inside the NBA at all. With Trump, when, I don't know about you, but when it's no. um, Dwayne no. Wade, hey, what's homegirl's name? No. What's homegirl's name? Like right, Chicanis Parker and Shaq. When, uh, what's Kenny and Charles? When, at? Listen, listen. I don't like Chris Robert. Like Get Chris Robert out of here. Dirk Fisher. No, no. I like. Give me, my, give me I like Kenny. Candace. I like Candace Parker and I like Dwayne Wade. I, like I like people talking no, basketball I don't like who who respect Dwayne the game of basketball, who are no. winners and can talk about it in a way where Charles Barkley doesn't prepare, doesn't study nothing, and just says stuff he like, "Oh, they care. It's terrible, terrible, terrible." And that's all he says. Okay, I think Charles Barkley is a one-trick pony and a gimmick, a gimmick what? personality. What do you I mean? How can you be a one-trick pony? Never watching never watching the games and just talking straight from the first thing that so, comes to his mind. So let me get this right. They do a show two times a week and they don't watch any NBA at all. Is that what you're telling me? When they probably in the back half of the I'm saying Barkley doesn't. So what is Barkley doing Barclay when they watch other games? Eating Cheetos? I let me call I mean, Scotty Pippen. Let me scroll Scott, let, let me scroll Scottie Pippen, when Scottie Pippen and Charles Barkley played for the Houston Rockets, you will never win a championship with Charles Barkley. You will never win a championship with Charles Barkley because Charles Barkley does not work hard and he does not This thing went back to 97. This thing went back to 97 on me. Are you serious? No, I'm telling you about who Charles Barkley is. I'm telling you who Charles Barkley is. He's someone who just talks garbage and says nothing of value. I rock with no Chuck, man. Kenny I rock Smith, with Chuck. Kenny Smith on, is the one. I, I do My dude, you can't have a mix. You know, everyone can't. You do need other people to play other roles, though. You do got a mix. You got Shaq up there who brings Ernie, funny, who brings Ernie. comedy. You're right. Charles is funny, though. Charles is funny, too, though. Shaq, 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 Shaq brings the Shaq be trying too hard. Shaq be trying to do too much, though. Too much, though, at times. Let's be real. It's more, it's more effortlessly, effortless. With um Charles Barkley with Shaq to me. Shaq was trying to run. I don't know how you flirt on okay. Chuck like that. Wow. 
I did not know you felt that way about Chuck like that, my The team. NBA will be a better place when Chuck, when Charles Barkley's not talking about NBA basketball because he's a joke. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yo, got to chill with the Chuck slander, my guy. Come on, fam. All I mean, he does is attack players and attack errors. He brings nothing to the game. LeBron's soft. This error's soft. This error of basketball is terrible. He's lying. Nobody he's lying. He's off. I can't. That's you the truth. He's lying. He's not lying. He's not lying. lying. Why These niggas don't play no defense. With Charles, so think about this. He got into it with the two greatest players of the, of the generation. I remember uh, that. LeBron, LeBron, LeBron is my guy, but he's soft, LeBron is my guy, but he's soft. LeBron is my guy, but he's soft sometimes. Man. He's sensitive, man. Let's keep it. LeBron is sensitive sometimes. Come on. He's sensitive. Come on, man. We're not doing that, man. Half the East Coast is going to sound like Ray. Half the East Coast trying to sound like Ray. Try to sound like Ray. Take us home, man. P.S.A. Hip Hop, the home of Draymond Green. <laughs> How you bash Draymond, but now it's the home of Draymond Green? Well, you don't like Draymond at all. You don't like him at all. The, the home of Draymond Green, where every team in the NBA has a Draymond Green. <laughs> yo, you be trying to throw it out there for years. I'm not letting yo Dude, stop saying that. That's said, not true. You said utility player. That's not did true. Did you not say utility player? You did. You, did you not say utility Fam, player? What? Draymond is a walking triple double. Draymond's a triple double walking man. We're not doing that. He is. You, you show you, you show Russ mad love when he gets triple doubles. Why you don't show Draymond love when he gets triple doubles? Uh huh. Right. Exactly. And that's what it is, man. Be a hip hop man. Rock with your boys, man. I'm the vibes already, man. What?